Podcasting from a sex writing cave somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smutlancer Show, a weekly podcast where we discuss writing about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smutlancer Podcast is hosted by Kayla Lords and Molly Moore, two sex bloggers who have more ideas than they have time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smutlancer Podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a mini vacation. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smutlancing career to a new level, join the Smutlancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with both Molly and Kayla and an entire community of other people who create content about sex and want to get paid to do it. Head over to patreon.com slash thesmutlancers. That's patreon.com slash thesmutlancers to learn more. Hey, y'all. Kayla Lords here in my first solo episode since we changed the format of the Smutlancers podcast. And for the record, it feels really weird not to have Molly with me, but that's okay. Um, so I'm going to be talking today about something that is on my mind. So this might be part um, educational and helpful and inspirational and also part bitch session. Um, it is something that I... Um, have to deal with a lot for myself, which means I know other people have to deal with it too. And it's the reality of knowing that you're putting out content, whether it's a blog post or a podcast episode or a video that is not perfect, that could be improved, that has problems, but you put it out into the world anyway. Um, a lot of creators struggle with knowing that their work is not perfect. Um, it's what stops a lot of people from hitting publish. Um, it's why some authors revise and work a draft of a novel for years and may never get it published because they are striving for something that does not exist and it holds them back from doing the work that matters to them. They are waiting for perfection. They're seeking perfection. They don't want anything out in the world with their name on it until it is perfect. And if you can relate to that, so can I. But I'm here to tell you that the reality is it will never be perfect and you have to publish anyway. Especially since you're here at the Smutlancers podcast, if you're trying to earn money from your brand or your ability to string some words together. So let's talk about that today. I will probably be doing a little bit of whining about my own situations. Um, but I think it's important. And I think most of us know this. I think we know this deep down. I think we know this because many of us put things out into the world. We publish a sex blog or we you know, record audio for podcasts and it's not quite what we envision in our head. And so we hit publish anyway, but then we sit back and we worry about it. And we're have some level, clinical or not, uh, of anxiety about what we've just done. So the first part I think is that you have to come to grips with the fact that the picture in your head of what you're trying to create will almost never match with the reality. That is true for all creators. Any kind of artist, any kind of writer, any kind of publisher of content anywhere will have a picture in their head and then they'll have the reality because what happens is the picture in your head is your idealized version. But when you're doing the work, you're dealing with your 
experience level and your expertise level where you're at right now. It's why so many of us will will read back a story we wrote right after we write it and we think, oh God, this kind of sucks. But if you go back six months later, we can, one of two things happens. We either surprise ourselves with how good it actually is, or we go, oh gosh, that was really bad. I'm much better now. Part of that's a perception thing. You know, part of that's a getting better the more you do something thing. Yeah, that came out right. Those words are right. <laughs> For the record, I am recording on one cup of coffee and still in my pajamas. Yes, I'm living the Smut Lancer life. I in a dream, I get it, but also words are hard. Um, so if you understand that everybody has a different picture in their head than the reality of the work they create, then hopefully it will help you realize that you are not alone in this. We are pretty much all going through it. I haven't met a creator yet that does not worry about the quality of their work, that cannot look back later and see places to improve. The difference is, is that some creators, either through they're just, they've got great mental capacity and strength or through experience, which is, is my thing, is that they can look at it and go, that's as good as I could make it at the time and I'm better now and I'm gonna keep moving forward because that's the thing about creating content, whether you're writing or recording or whatevering, you have to keep moving forward. Um, back at Eroticon 2019, when I did my session on being productive and working towards your goals, somebody asked me, and I'm totally paraphrasing, so I won't say this exactly the way they asked, but they basically asked me how I dealt with content that I had published that I knew wasn't as good as I might like it or that could be better or maybe uh, was just there was a little, few things wrong with it and did I ever go back and fix it did I ever worry about it did I ever regret publishing things and the answer was honest but it was also pretty swift and kind of blunt and I don't know that it was helpful at all it was no I don't the way I cope with the fact that I know everything I make cannot be as perfect as I would like it, is that I, I don't look back. As I'm creating content, I try to make it the best I can. That is easier for me with writing because it's not about the technology I use, it's about my ability to string some words together, my minimal understanding of grammar rules and my willingness to break grammar rules and what I know from experience will catch my reader's eye and what they sort of enjoy. So writing for me is much easier than any other form of content creation, but while I'm working on it, I make it the best it can possibly be in that moment, knowing it's not perfect, understanding and recognizing and accepting the fact that I can never make it perfect. I hit publish and unless somebody calls my, brings my attention to some error somewhere, I do not look back. I look back long enough to link it to another related blog post later. I might share something I'm really, really proud of later, but I don't go back. I don't go back to edit. I don't go back to worry over my words. I don't go back. Recording audio and video is different um, for a lot of reasons. One, it's a lot, this might sound weird if all you're doing is writing, so maybe it might you might not understand what I mean, but. It is a lot more personal 
when you put your voice and or your face with your work. Um, because now a certain layer of fantasy is gone. <laughs> and this is the reality and this is what I sound like. And if you watch a video of me, that's what I look like. And whatever picture you had in your head, that's gone. Because here's, here's me and all of my imperfections. So it feels as a creator much more personal. I know that audience members usually say that it feels much more personal to listen to a voice or to watch people interact in a video. It also means that it is inherently more imperfect than writing um, because my editing skills are not savvy enough to give me some idealized version of a sexy voice or to airbrush me in such a way that I don't look like myself on camera. Um, so I have to live with the imperfections that I have that I walk around with every day. Um, so I don't even think about them. I think oh, that's just me. The first time my face was in a video or I recorded my voice, I, of course I had the worries of, oh gosh, are people going to like what that sounds like? Are they going to like what, what I look like? Are they, is that going to bother them? Um, but like writing, the more I do it, the less I think about it. It's not something I think about very often. The other side that I can't always control the way I'd like is technology. So the first most recent, and it's just the most recent example of having, of deciding to hit publish, even though I knew something was imperfect, were the first two episodes of the Smut Lancers podcast where Molly and I recorded together. Um, we were trying a different technology than we normally use to record, hoping to streamline the process. I am constantly looking for ways to be more efficient. If I want to do a lot of things, I have to find ways to make it easy and seamless and get it done a little bit quicker without hopefully sacrificing quality. Um, and it did not go to plan. And we spent three hours recording two episodes and we're both very busy people. And so to me, re-recording everything was not going to be an option. It, the, I could scrap all of that content or I could um, make puppy dog eyes at the wonderful John Brownstone and ask him to do some editing magic to make it better, even if it was still imperfect. I went with that option because I couldn't scrap that much content. Hopefully what in, what's been out, uh, episode 51 is collaboration. Episode 52 is our mailbag episode that people could look past the blips, the scratches, the volume inconsistencies to listen to the content. My hope was that we put out quality content where the actual meat of what we were talking about would be good enough to circumvent and sort of help people gloss over the technical imperfections. I can say it all calm like that now, but at the time I was a mess. I was messaging Molly and going, ha ha ha, we had a problem with the uh, audio. It's not quite what we thought it would be. And she's like, uh oh, did we just lose three hours of content? I'm like, no, 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 we're going to salvage this. And then as I'm putting out content, I'm doing these little apologies, you know, on Twitter or in the show notes of, ha ha, the technology is not so great. The audio is not so great. We're so sorry. Hopefully you can still manage to listen. And some people will say, yeah, I noticed it, but I didn't care. And that's why I put out imperfect content because somebody will say, yes, I noticed it was not pristine and perfect and wonderful, but I didn't care because I got something from the information shared. 
That does not help my anxious mind calm down though. And I know that in general, creative people tend to be a little bit more anxious, even if you're not diagnosed with anxiety. We just tend to be nervous about our our content babies, right? Like whether it's a blog post or it's podcast, we want it to go out into the world and be loved. And it's a little bit terrifying that it might not be loved. Um, and it's strange to me because I can take criticism of the information I put out. I can I can be corrected if I say something wrong. I'm, uh, please correct me. Just don't be an asshole. Um, I certainly want to learn things I didn't know before. Um, I can even take somebody going, hmm, yes, I see what you're saying, but I don't agree. And here's why. And the reason is, is that one, I'm open to learning all of the time. And two, I know that when I speak about these things, I'm coming from my personal perspective. So you can not agree with what I say or, or not feel like it's the right thing for you and tell me that. And I'll go, oh, okay, well, thanks for sharing that. And it doesn't hurt me on a personal level because I'm comfortable in the fact that what works for me might not work for somebody else. But where I get very anxious and nervous is critiques on the style, the technique, the, the, the touches that are about the presentation of the information and not the information itself. When I first started writing and blogging, I was constantly waiting for somebody to tap me on the shoulder and tell me that the writing sucked, that I could not string two words together and why was I bothering? Thankfully, the critiques I tend to get about writing are the subject matter. You know, when people say that's not really BDSM, I just laugh because I'm like, mm, that's just not BDSM to you. And so I don't take it personally. But if somebody were to come to me and I did have this happen, oh gosh, several years ago on my blog, somebody said, you're starting too many sentences with complex blah, 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 grammar, grammar, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what kind of small little life do you have that you just showed up on a random person's sex blog, read all this smut and was like mad because three or four of my sentences started with a specific sentence structure and you don't think that's good. Like what? But if they had showed up on my first day and told me that, I would have freaked out. I might, nev I might never write another sentence in that structure again. And I'm not a grammar person. Like I understand grammar, but I don't like know the details. So I can't remember what that sentence structure is called, but it's basically where you start a sentence with a clause and then you comma and then the rest of the sentence. My grammar friends out there, you'll know what I'm talking about. It is part of my style. I do have a lot of complex sentences. Commas are my friend. Thankfully they showed up after I'd been doing this for a while and I felt a lot more confident. Um, but like I said, that was that was the first time somebody complained about the structure of my writing. And by then it couldn't really touch me. Also, I had learned enough about dealing with people online that I understood that was just a, an annoying little troll and I moved on. Um, but when you're new and somebody in an unfriendly, unkind way confirms that something you've done is imperfect, it can mess with your head. So, I don't have any good remedies for those people other than to tell you that who you need to pay attention to is one yourself as the creator. If we are creating things that matter to us, that mean something to us, that are things that we can't not put out into the world, um, that makes it a little bit easier to withstand the judgy criticism we might get about what is imperfect. 
um, and what, where you might need some work on something. Um, and two, you have to listen. I think it's more important. Let's put it this way to listen to the audience members you're trying to reach, the people you're trying to affect, whether with a sexy story or with sex education information. Are they telling you that the information is helpful? Are they telling you that the story was interesting and smutty and made them touch themselves? Like, what is it you're trying to accomplish with your content? And are people giving you that feedback? It does not have to be a lot of people, okay? If you are waiting for the masses to tell you that your work is great, you are gonna be waiting for a long time. You just need one or two interested readers, interested listeners, interested watchers, whatever, to give you that feedback. If you're not getting that feedback, then yeah, See if it's about your technique or if it's about the way your website looks or if it's the technology you're using is somehow impeding people being able to to get to your content and really consume it in the way you want. And I don't mean that we shouldn't take constructive criticism, but in my opinion, when it comes to being a creator, the criticism that matters most is probably the criticism we solicit from people we respect. Okay, because it's really easy to be uh, an armchair quarterback on the internet. It is real, real easy to go to a random person's site, find a problem, pick it apart, leave that there, drop it like a freaking bomb in the middle of somebody's comment section and walk away. And it and you got to say your, that person got to say their piece and the content creator is the one that has to pick up the pieces and deal with it. And when I get criticism like that and it's not from somebody that I... Um, have known for a while, that I've talked to, that I've interacted with, that I, whose work I respect, whatever. It's hard to do, but I've learned to ignore that kind of criticism. But I am not afraid to say to somebody that I respect, hey, what do you think? Now, that works when I'm truly not sure. But some of us out there are going to be like me, and you are probably a perfectionist. <laughs> And being imperfect and letting your imperfections show when you are a perfectionist, um, when it's not completely impossible and paralyzes you and you don't hit publish at all, it is painful. And that's why having the audio problems in the last two episodes of this podcast, it, it was physically painful to know that it wasn't as good as it could be that we had used, I had used a different mic than I normally do and I'd used a different system and that it, and I chose the content over the perfection and the style because the content was more important to me, but it was still painful. I'll give you another example. Over at Loving BDSM, we now do videos. Now, when we record a video, we do not have a great camera yet. Those are very expensive. We do not have the funds for that right now. Um, so when we record a video that we're going to edit and publish at a later date, we actually use our iPhones because that's a great camera. Um, and I can, I can edit certain things in colors and sound and whatever minimal. I do not have good editing skills. If I could afford a video editor, I would hire one. Um, but I have a lot of control over that. And that, if that video does not look good, it does not go out until I can fix it. At the same time, we do a live stream every week. And that live stream is plagued by the imperfections of the hosts. That would be John Brownstone and myself. Uh, and it, sadly, imperfect camera, because like I said, I can't afford a new camera. And our internet connection, if our upload speed 
drops, then that jacks up the video feed for the people watching. We don't let anything affect our audio. We have a we have our podcast system for our audio that is always on point as best as we can get it. And we have been live streaming with these known imperfections for weeks, weeks. And most times it's it's passable. The content becomes more important than the equipment you use and the slight imperfections. And then we had a week where our internet speed tanked right as we were getting ready to live stream. We had already told everybody, hey, we're doing a live stream. So people were showing up to the feed. We were going to record the audio anyway. And my perfectionist brain was screaming that this is wrong and awful. I still can't go back and watch bits and pieces of that particular video because I know it looks awful. And we did it anyway. Now, some people out there would say, if you can't make it perfect, you shouldn't do it. And there was a time I might have agreed with them because like I say, I'm a perfectionist who feels physical pain when something is not perfect, when something I do is not perfect. But I've had enough time and experience creating content and having people react positively to the content, even when I could tell you it was absolutely imperfect, to know that if the content is solid, not perfect, solid, the best you can make it at that moment, then you put it out anyway, because your core audience is there for the content. They're there for you as the person. Yeah, they'd like it to be prettier and nicer. Of course they would. We all would. But they forgive you that because you are providing good quality content. I still have podcast listeners over at Loving BDSM who will talk about the growing pains of our sound issues. On a podcast, audio is everything. The sound has to be good. Well, we started out recording on a laptop that was already old when we started, and that laptop's internal microphone. Then we finally bumped up to a mostly decent mic, but we could only afford one, and John Brownstone is notoriously quiet and sits always sits kind of away and behind me when we're hovering over a microphone. And then a year or more later, we finally upgraded to our current audio equipment. We each have our own microphone. He has total control over the sound. So when I get too loud, he can turn me down. And when he's too quiet, he can turn himself up. And we evolved. The cool thing is our audience came along for the ride because if the content is interesting and good and compelling and captivating, then people will forgive your imperfections. So of course, my my perfectionist friends out there are like, oh my gosh, how do I how do I create content that is compelling and people will pay attention to? Ah! Well, we don't have time in this podcast for episode for that. But what I will say is keep doing what you're doing. My first 50 blog posts were not as good as the last 50 blog posts I just wrote. My first 10 podcast episodes of any show I've ever hosted are not as good as the last 10. You get better by doing. You have to do the thing and then put it out there into the world and see what happens 
to ever get any better because you can take all the online courses you want and read all the books you want and follow all the people you respect that you want and take in all that information and learn the theory of how to do your thing really well. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything until you actually do the thing, write the blog post, write the book, record the audio, make the video, draw the picture, whatever your smutlancy thing is, you only get better and you only figure out what works and what interests your audience and you only grow an audience by continually putting out your work as imperfect as it is. It is. And the only thing I can ever say is what I said a little bit ago. I know it's going to be imperfect, but as I'm working on it, I try to make it the best it can be in the moment. So I, the way I write, if this helps anybody at all, I write the story or the post that's in my head that's you know, beating a drum against my brain and I just get it out. I don't necessarily worry about style. I, I do correct spelling or grammar issues as I'm going. That's just, gosh, seven years of blogging and now five years of freelance writing. That's just a, a thing I do because I do it so often I can. I'm not saying you have to do that, but that I will fix as I go. But I don't worry about, are, do I have enough action verbs or my, are my verbs too passive? And I don't worry about subheadings. And I don't, I'd like just get through the content. And then I let it sit for a few minutes. I give my brain a break. And then I go back and I start editing. And I do a read through and I edit and I fix obvious things. And then maybe I ask somebody else to read it or maybe I just walk away for a second or maybe I view it in a different window. Like I'll go into preview mode of a blog post and I'll see what I can catch and I'll do my best. But it's a blog post. It's not a novel that should have an editor. And so it might have a typo and I might miss a word. And if I catch it later, I'll go back and fix it. Oh, yes. If I see it, I will go back and fix it. Um... I'll check my links. I'll check the things that matter. Am I saying what I meant to say in a way that interests me, that seems right, that feels good, that might turn somebody on or might inform somebody? Does it sound like me? Those are the things I'm looking for. If something is slightly off in a misspelling or a miscomma, I'm a lot less concerned about that, me personally, because like I said, the things that get me the feedback is not when some grammar bully shows up and says, I've got some misplaced commas. It's when somebody who I was trying to reach says, oh my gosh, this was an amazing experience. Or, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing these non-sexy moments. Or thank you for talking about your mental health. Or thank you for teaching me this thing. Or that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I want my content to to do. And we live in a world today where you can have entire texting conversations and nobody uses punctuation, which I'm too old to not. You can tell that one, I'm a writer and two, I'm old because my text messages have all proper punctuation and mostly decent spelling. Like I actually spell out all my words. Um, I know I'm old school. But we live in a world where that's becoming less important. It's about the information. So if you're worried that your technique is not perfect, you're going to you're not going to publish as much and it might slow you down. And I th I would say worry about that a little bit less. Don't ignore grammar rules, don't ignore punctuation. Those things matter in telling a good story, but when you're writing, it's about the story. And yeah, even the story won't be completely perfect. But if you're agonizing over your words, 
writing, recording, whatevering, to the point that you never hit publish, then you're never going to get any better. Okay. The other thing I would say is that part of our, not all, but part of our issues with worrying about being imperfect is we're spending way too much time comparing ourselves to other people. I've done an entire episode. I've talked many, many times in the past about why we've got to stop comparing ourselves. And this is one of them. So not only do many of us have the idealized version of what we're trying to create in our head and then of course the reality in front of us and they don't match. We also look at other people whose backstory we don't always know, whose experience we don't always know, who may have been doing this way longer than we've been doing it. And we compare ourselves to them and we find ourselves wanting in comparison to that person. Couple of things. One, please stop doing that. That is not helpful. That is only hindering you. Okay. Take inspiration where you can, you know, mimic the techniques that you admire from people who maybe have been doing it longer, the the tricks that they're using, their methods, you know, yeah, go ahead, take inspiration where you find it, but stop comparing yourself because they're 10 years in and you're one year in. No, you're light years apart at this point. Two, you, you don't know, you might know they've been blogging. I've been blogging nine years, but before I blogged for nine years, I worked in marketing and communications for four, five, five years. Okay. So I'm pulling from experience that I gained in a vanilla world to apply to a sex blogger world. That's, if I seem to quote, know things, one, it's because I'm constantly trying to learn things. And two, it's because I have other experience that you might not have yet to pull from. That's what people with experience are doing. We are pulling from the experiences we've had. You, I don't care what age you're at. I don't care how long you've been creating content. You can, if it's applicable, pull from previous vanilla life experience to get better at the thing you're doing, okay? It will make you look, sometimes it'll make you look like you have a lot more experience than you really do because you're doing that. But the other thing to keep in mind is that person that you admire and somehow think is just the best thing ever and everything they do is magic is doing the same thing that you're doing. They are thinking of the idealized version of their content in their head and then they're creating it out into the world in reality, and it's not matching up. And they're having to make the exact same decisions that you are. Do I scrap this because I can't make it match what's in my head? Do I put it out there anyway because somebody might like it? Do I keep perfecting it and never put anything out and never create anything new because I'm trying to make this one thing? Like the only creators in this world who do not do that are narcissists, okay? The rest of us all question the work we're doing. And we wonder why we can't always make what we see in our head. We can't always have the perfection that we crave. Those of us who, I hesitate to find, to say find success, but those of us who create careers, whether that's earning money or just we create an audience and a following and we do this long-term, in my experience, and I include myself in this, I include Molly Moore in this, I include everybody I know who's been doing this as long, if not longer than me. The thing is, is that even though we're, we know it's not perfect in whatever realm we imagine perfection to be, we publish it anyway. We put it out there into the world anyway, because when we hit publish, it's as good as we can make it. And we think 
it will touch somebody in our audience. It will help them. It will inspire them. It will turn them on. It will teach them. It will, whatever it is we're trying to do, we see it as another opportunity to connect with an audience. Or alternatively, other things that I have published that I knew were imperfect were things that I had to get out of my head and my blog is where I do that. That is a perfectly acceptable reason too. But if you stop yourself because you're worried that it's not good enough, that it's imperfect, that you can, you notice a little thing here or a little thing there, then you never have the opportunity to get better. You never have the opportunity to grow an audience and you never have the opportunity to meet whatever your content creation goals are because the way to reach content creation goals is to create content. That is how this works. And that means you have to be willing to be imperfect your whole career. You will get better. You will always get better. The more you do a thing, the better you get at it. The more you pay attention and take in inspiration and educate yourself about how to do things and try new techniques and try new tools, the better you will get. But until you're willing to be okay, even marginally, like I said, it is still physically painful to me when I know something is imperfect. Um, If you are marginally okay, with knowing it's imperfect, knowing your work is, you know, a year from now, what you do will be way better than what you did today, or that it doesn't match with the picture in your head. As long as you can get a little bit okay with that and hit publish anyway, you're gonna start moving forward. But if you can't do that, you will not move forward. None of us put out perfect anything. We put out the best work we can at the moment. And we hope that it hit, reaches the audience we're trying to reach. And that is what we're all doing. And it's all of us, okay? Like I said, only a narcissist is gonna tell you that everything they fucking do is perfect and I don't have time for narcissists, thank you very much. Um, so my advice, when you're worried about how it's not perfect and it's not good enough and other people do it better than you, is to publish anyway. And going back to the person who was talking to me in Eroticon, and they were like, well, what do you do when you, it's, you know, you, it's a problem. When you go back, do you fix? Nope. I keep moving forward unless I have to, for some reason, I don't go back to old content unless I know I want to go in and improve it. I want to add a link. I want to fix something. I see a problem. Typically hit publish and I move forward. There's something else to create. There's something else to do. There's something else on my list. And as long as I take the time while I'm creating that content to make it as good as I can make it in the moment with what I know and the abilities I have right now, that's all anybody can ever do. And you just keep moving forward. So yeah, that's it. I'm not sure how helpful that was. Hopefully it was sort of like the inspirational, like move your butt kind of thing. Uh, not necessarily, hey, here's some technique. Um, but I will tell you, you you will probably never be able to point out as many imperfections in my content as I can do because I am a perfectionist. Um, my therapist was like, do you consider yourself a perfectionist? And I was like, yes, I do. And he was like, yep, because you have anxiety and that's part of it. So if you consider yourself a perfectionist, but you've never been diagnosed with anxiety, ask yourself, are you just, do you think you worry more than most people? You might not have generalized anxiety like some of us do, but perfectionism and anxiety go hand in hand because guess what? None of us can ever be perfect ever, ever, ever. And yet somehow we managed to move through the world anyway, imperfections and all. So put your content out there, imperfections and all, 
That's all I'm saying. You want to move forward. You want to build an audience. You want to reach your goals. You want to make money. You want to do whatever it is. You got to be bad at it before you get good at it. And you may never be as good as you'd like to be. But as long as you're getting better, then you're moving in the right direction. Okay, rant and lecture over. Um, Next week, episode 54, you will get to hear from the fabulous Molly Moore and her husband, Michael Knight. They're talking about tech things and making your blog a better things. And I will not spoil it, but just know episode 54 will be them and that will be a treat. And then after that, it will be me and Molly again. And that will be awesome too. So thank you for listening. Um, Hope to see you around. Feel free to drop us a line, ask us questions, whatever. And yes, when you hear a technological blip in the audio, I probably already know about it. (laughs) Love you guys. Bye. (laughs) 